let me ask you a question. Why the hell do people keep getting married? You know what I mean? Isn't anybody looking at the stats? What's it like, three out of four marriages go right down the drain now? People, if you were going skydiving and they told you three out of four parachutes weren't gonna open, you'd be like, yo, forget it, I'm not going. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day, filling out useless forms and listening to eight different bosses drone on about mission statements. Robert Frost said, two roads diverged in the wood and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. You got a dream, you got to protect it. People can't do something themselves. They want to tell you, you can't do it. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. This is Breaking Norms, a podcast dedicated to topics like following your dreams at all costs and the pitfalls of societal norms. And now, discussing everything from online dating to the horror of having a real job. Here are your hosts, Noah Groniger and Clint Schweitzer. You have worked really hard for that license in your wallet. I mean, you've had 16 years of humiliation, begging for lifts from people who couldn't give a shit about your image. Bless. You've had to stand and watch as all the pretty girls drove off in some older jerk's car. Humiliation, I know I've been through it, but that's all over now. Les, that thing in your wallet, that's no ordinary piece of paper. That is a driver's license. And it's not only a driver's license, it's an automobile license. And it's not only an automobile license, it is a license to live, a license to be free, to go, to go wherever, whenever and with whomever you choose. Well, from the time that anyone saw the movie License to Drive starring Corey Haim, everybody thought about getting that license, being a man out on the town. Your freedom is out in front of you. The wind is at your back, and there is nothing that can stop you because a car represents freedom. But to us, Noah, it represented kind of a nightmare because that's how you and I roll, and that's how it happens here on the Breaking Norms podcast. Guys, we always thank you guys for keeping supporting the show. You're on the Facebook page. You're clamoring for more. We can't thank you guys enough, and we're bringing it to you because this is going to be a fun one. This is our driving episode, Driving Disasters. That includes a lot of things. In this episode, Noah, we're going to be talking about getting the license. We're going to be talking about things like parking, toll roads, anything that's ever kind of been in the way of us. Uh, getting our vehicle on the road and having success, it's going to be covered right here. No, I'm excited about this one. What about you? Yeah, I am. Uh, I wasn't excited at the uh, prospects of driving or getting my license. Uh, there was a booklet presented to me that I had to read and pass this written test. And then I had to get in a car with a stranger. And I've always just kind of not, I, I wanted to get out of places and situations where someone is judging me and like looking at my performance that I hate that more than anything on mother earth is someone looking and judging what I am doing and I can't handle it. And so when told about this, okay, you've got to pass this written test. I was like, okay, that's one thing, but I can't read. Like, I don't want to read. I don't want to study. I don't do that for school. And now I got to do it for this driving thing. What if I just never drive? What if I never get a car? That seems fine with me. I'll just bum a ride off my friends and my family forever. I was completely okay with the idea of that. But 
no society and parents not wanting to be my taxi driving me around everywhere forced me into doing that. And then just to think of just sitting in a car and someone's judging me and just me freaking out, like, Oh, did I wait at that stop sign long enough? And I'm at a four way stop. What, who goes first? <laughs> I just can't handle it. Well, you know, people started getting their license. You know, you, you're, you're a sophomore or in high school or, or so, and people start getting their licenses. And it seemed to me like they would rush to the driving, the bureau, like the minute they turned 16 yes. or when they turned 15 and a half or whatever it was to get your permit. And I was just like trying to avoid it as much as possible. I always had friends to drive me around. I rode places with my parents. I didn't really care. I, I was always terrified about being out there and I didn't really have anybody to teach me and like get in the car and show me the ropes. So I was, I was comfortable. So I was all about just my friends drove everywhere. If we went to a game or a sporting event or something like that, my, my buddy Thomas is driving. Thanks Thomas. He knows how to drive in places. He's been driving since he was like 15. He, <laughs> we could be in Manhattan, New York, and he knows where to go. And I don't understand <laughs> it. I am horrible with directions. I suck at parking and I sure was heeding the warnings about parallel parking in the driver's exam. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want any part of it. And yes, society, parents, it all finally came to pass for me at age 17. I waited a year, but I finally got that license. And I know you were 18. You were able to push it off <laughs> even further. How were you able to do that? And what was your feelings when you finally were able to conquer this uh, fear, so to speak? Yeah. I mean, uh, my dad would come over and I had someone to teach me. My dad would come over and teach me and I was whore. I'd want not to, I wanted nothing to do with it. I don't need to be judged. I don't need to be yelled at. I don't need to be told what to do. I just want to do my own thing. And that was not driving. Like, plus I just wanted to watch TV, eat and watch great things. We talk about that a lot here on the breaking North podcast and having to like get in a car and okay, now you put it into drive and slowly go and okay, you're going to go left here. And though today we're going to get on the highway just, highway. Like, no, just cars going really fast. I have to merge. Like, do I go fast? Do I slow down? I have to like look over my shoulder and judge the cars coming. And then there's cars behind me. And if I misjudge it, then I'm stopped on the highway on the on-ramp and cars are honking at me. Like just the thoughts and the anxiety and this just dreamed up horror scenarios that actually came true because I freaked out so much that I would make them come true. It was just horrifying. I'd hide in the bathroom and just tell my dad that I'm sick or I'd hide in the basement and just pretend like my, I heard my parents upstairs talk like, where is he? I don't, he was just here. I don't know where he's gone. And they're like, didn't think to look in the basement and I'm just hiding down there. Just please leave. He's like, well, I guess I'll come back later. I was like, oh, that's small victory. I don't have to do it today. But I finally took the test horrified and just sweating bullets. And my face was probably red, just like, heating up just like, Oh God, I feel the judgment and he's taking notes. What's he saying? I'm doing everything wrong. Like I parked on a slope. Do I, which way do I turn my tires? And then I've got a parallel park <laughs> and both times I took the test cause I failed the first time. And then the second time having to go back, I'm like, Oh great. I got to go do this again. I, the parallel parking, they've got these four cones and I just completely murdered them both times. Somehow the second time I passed the test, I must've done something else right. And, uh, got, by by the skin of my teeth just there by one or two points and I passed but I still didn't want to drive really I was like okay I got my license but I've got my grandpa's old car I'm just going to keep driving with my friends I don't feel comfortable yet so even though I got my license it was still probably several months before I actually just started driving myself because my friends were like you have your own license I'm not picking you up this is ridiculous yeah for me I had to take my driver's test in a small town the small town I grew up in 
uh, because, you know, here in the city, it was like, oh my God, I just pictured merging was the big thing for me. Merging is where it all started. My fears kind of came from that. Just watching my mom a few times, just like trying to come up some ramp. Cars are whizzing by in a million lanes. And uh, how do you possibly get in there? You stop, like you said, and people are behind you honking or you just floor it. I just, I remember like someone telling me, no, you just got to floor it and just drive in there and <laughs> scooch in. I'm like, I can't do that ever. So I went and took the test in a small town and it was uh, easier for me because it was just, there's no highways or just these little side roads and oh, it was no problem. Still couldn't do the parallel parking, still can't to this day. And uh, really it was a baptism under fire for me because like you, I kind of, you know, I, I learned how to drive from like home to school and back my senior year. Woo. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Right. <laughs> but my friends, uh, Jody and Daniel, we went to a chiefs game and they made me drive my 85 oh. cutlass, uh, <laughs> my 85 cutlass. I had to drive my car to the chiefs game. And this is when I had no idea. I couldn't handle the thought of like parking at a big venue like that. The idea of like going through the turnstiles and waiting and people jutting in and then trying to wait and have someone lead you to a spot and I couldn't figure that out. And <laughs> there was all, a million lanes and you always had to be in a different lane. It was a complete nightmare for me, but they made me do it. I got through it and it was still years before I could really do much because I'm horrible with directions. Just like you are. We're one in the same. I Google maps. I'm trying to print out Google maps to go on a date or meet somebody <laughs> somewhere. I could, and if you missed one turn, it was over. So it was really until GPS came out around 08, 09, that I really became comfortable driving. That's how yep. crazy this has been. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, I just laughed there. Are you talking about going to MapQuest and printing out directions and having them like on the passenger seat and picking them up and trying to read and decipher what you're supposed to do and like 0.5, like, how far is 0.5? I have no idea. Like, And I'm all like, I'm in the left-hand lane and then like I'm looking at these just paper directions and all of a sudden I'm supposed to be in the right hand lane. Like, how do I get over there? Like, there's no possible way it's coming up too soon. And so that was always horrifying for me. Like anything that dealt with the highway, I almost just gave up like, well, I wanted to go there, but guess I can't cause it involves a highway. So bummer for me. And yeah, I mean, it took me till we, I got to GPS unit, uh, just on the dash of my car. And that now it's on phones. Just, it's very easy. It just tells you when to turn. It makes a beat, uh, uh, sound, uh, boom, boom. And then, okay, my turn is coming up. This is amazing. But before that, I mean, yeah, like you said, if you miss your turn, like I didn't even have a cell phone back then. It was just like, I'm lost in Egypt and it's over. Like I'm, I'm never going to see my family or friends again. I'm just out here. I'm just going to have to survive. I'm homeless now. I have to live in my car. It's over. Yeah. Cause we both, you know, growing up in Kansas city, we never really learned how to the city, like we're both live in the suburbs. And so I always had friends drive me, you know, their concerts downtown or something at Kemper arena or sprint center. And like, I just had, you know, I would ride with friends. I didn't really learn how to drive downtown. So like to me, 10 minutes from my house is literally Egypt. Like you said, yeah. let alone, I mean, and, and, and honestly, you and I who are very similar in a lot of ways, definitely when it comes to driving, but we've logged what 50,000 miles together, probably <laughs> since oh, then. Absolutely. Yeah. Every mile of which had to be GPS. Yes. Yeah. Without it, we're like you said, we're in Egypt. We've been dropped in Egypt and just no clue. And that could be downtown Kansas city. I mean, I don't know if you want to tell the story about when we took our friend Brandon Walter home in downtown <laughs> Kansas city and missed a turn onto an on-ramp and just went down this street <laughs> under this bridge. And we're just like, 
uh, can't get home. Like just no clue. We've got it. We've got to pull out our phones and, and pull up GPS because there's no possible way we can get home without it. Yeah. That's about 12 minutes from my house where that happened. Yeah. And we had no idea. No, no idea. I'd never, never <laughs> been down that street in my life. And the ir- irony to that was we had just driven all the way back from Houston, Texas successfully. Yes. We made it back from Houston after a chief's playoff game, drove all the way back, got to Brandon Walter's house, his apartment downtown, and then got lost 10 minutes from our own homes. That's us in a nutshell. But yet, whether it be Kansas City, whether it be Gainesville, Florida, Knoxville, Tennessee, where we lived for a year, it just doesn't matter because if, without the GPS, there's no way. And that, that's been, to me, it has opened my, you know, the traveling and the things that I love to do. It's been opened up so much. I remember a time whenever I was 19 and uh, I would always ride to Mizzou games with my friend Thomas. He was going to have to meet me there this time in Columbia, which is one highway, Noah. I-70 all the way to Columbia from Kansas City, and I couldn't do it. I couldn't go to the game. I didn't do it. I didn't meet him. I couldn't do it. So that's how bad it was for me, and the anxiety was there, and it was real. And I've learned that over time, when you get more comfortable, a lot of those anxieties were kind of unfounded. You learn that when you merge on somewhere, 99 times out of 100, someone's just gets out of the way or lets you in or slows whatever, and you don't really have any tense moments. That all comes with comfort, and I get that in time and and just doing it. But there were so many things, like parking, for instance, that never quells. And let me tell you this, parking anxiety is real. It's a real thing, and it's something that's in your head. And when you're thinking about going somewhere, you've got to know the parking. At least when you're driving to Walmart, you know that there's a parking lot. But if you're driving downtown to eat a Buca de Beppo, good luck. (laughs) Good luck indeed. I mean you got to find a parking garage and then I never have cash on me. And it's like, are they, do they only take cash and then a, a card and I've got to take it and I've got to find a place to park. And I don't know, am I going the right direction? Is this an exit? Is this the wrong way? And then I finally park and just, okay, now I'm never going to be able to find my way out of here or back to my car. There's just no way. And that's happened to me multiple times where I've gone to parking garage and then gone out and, gone in the plaza and then like which parking garage was that what street was that down i there's four of them i don't know which one and then i find the right one and just i spend 15 20 minutes like where was my car every single aisle of this place looks exactly the same <laughs> no way i can tell didn't think to like write it down or remember like okay i'm two down and that like no just no clue no clue at all can't find my car well, I think the best story about that for us is uh, the time we welcomed our friend George Atkinson. Oh, God. Yes, Mr. Raider himself, uh, former Raiders uh, uh, just star, George Atkinson. Super Bowl champion, now, John Madden, Super Bowl those champion. Super Bowls in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. Played with, you know, a guy, a guy like Jack Tatum. And I mean, just he was just unreal. And now he's he's become our friend. He's on our sports podcast frequently, and he's become a friend of ours. And so we're taking him out for dinner. And his hotel is somewhere like the, you know, the Weston Crown Center downtown. Mm-hmm. And there was already a struggle for us because I had just gotten yes. off a plane from Los Angeles. I touched down and we were on our way to meet George. And then we have to navigate to the restaurant. We have a GPS. It should be fine, right? Well, not when it comes to parking because, yes, you can find the restaurant, but parking's a whole other deal. There's nothing on there that tells you where to do that. So we're in our own city of Kansas City. We drive down a, a couple side streets, make a couple left-hand turns, which for us is a problem because once you've made two left-hand turns, you are now lost. We park in a parking garage, and we are then walking, and it's in December. It's freezing outside. Chiefs are getting ready to play the Raiders the next day. And we're walking with George Atkinson, who's from California, 
warm weather guy. He's freezing. We're walking and we realize we've lost track of where the restaurant is. Yeah, we're pulling up GPS on our phones and doing the walk and uh, to restaurants and trying to figure it out. And we still somehow can't. And there's these, we see this limo by this Marriott and George is like, I'm just going to go use the bathroom in here. Give you guys some time to figure out where we're going. We're like, oh, thank God we needed that. And then we go ask these kids. It looks like they're getting in about in the limo for the prom. And we ask them where it is. And they're like, oh, it's just down that street. Just right down there. You just walk. And we're like, we can't, we were going straight. We we're going the wrong direction. And so thankfully George comes out and we were able to get to the restaurant, but that was just those moments. Just, we look at each other. We can't really say it out loud because we don't want George to know, like we're in our town. We've lived here our whole lives and we have to tell George Atkinson, we are lost. We have no, we just left the parking garage. We have no idea where the restaurant is. We've made a complete crumb bum. He's going to have to like, <laughs> he's going to have to Uber to get back to his hotel. And we're just going to have to be lost forever, I guess, out here. That's a big thing theme with us. We're just lost forever because we just cannot find our way anywhere. And that's why I hate parking because it takes all your control away. Yes, you can get to somewhere on a GPS, but when you have to think about parking and how many times we've had to go downtown for, and you don't know if you're gonna have to pay for parking, if you need cash, if they take cards, if you could park, if you have to parallel park somewhere, which I'm never going to do and never have done since yeah. the day I tried to do it in my driving test, you know, 20 years ago, uh, regardless, if you're going, even if you're going to say Arrowhead stadium, we're okay. Now we know how to get there 20 years later, but it's $60 to park. And you're talking about money. Now you're talking about huge. You might be somewhere going to a game. How many times, you know, even as credentialed members of the media going to football games, going to Gainesville, going to Lexington, Kentucky, going to Columbia, where do they always put us? The media in a parking garage. Yes. And we're always lost trying to get there and out of it and back into it again every time. And I think back to some, I think back to Ole Miss when we, that was not a parking garage, but it was somewhere off campus. It was some media lot and it was just a million miles away. They didn't have our name on it somehow. And it was just, a, and it, so it's just everything that has to do with parking is I'm so out of, I can't stand it. I can't stand to go anywhere where I think that there might be a problem with the parking. I can't stand it. It's just, it's in my head now. Yeah, and what about uh, when we went to go meet the mayor of Tennessee, former WWE superstar wrestler Kane, Mayor Glenn Jacobs of Knoxville, Tennessee, and they put us in a parking garage and they were going to validate our parking, and we parked in the wrong parking garage, so they couldn't validate it. We had to pay out of our own pocket, Could have, and it was closer to where we, we parked further away, and... We had our GPS out and like they told us where the building was. We walked past it uh, several blocks and we had to walk back and find <laughs> the building that the mayor's office was in. And then we give them our parking ticket uh, and they're like, oh, this is the wrong parking garage. We can't validate. Like we cannot do anything that is parking or finding a place. We walked past <laughs> the mayor's building. I mean, it is just a disaster, a nightmare every time we have to go somewhere and do something. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I think that adds to the adventure. But some people, like my friend Thomas, like really a lot of my friends, a lot of people that I know are just so in tuned. Like your dad's this way. Like, yeah, they just, wherever they are, it's like they are, they feel like their mind just sort of meshes with wherever they are. And their brain tells them where to go and what these streets are and what east. And to me, it starts with I don't have a sense of direction. So I don't know north, south, east, or west. I never no. will. 
which is why we can never be police officers. You think about getting that call. Just uh, <laughs> we got a suspect I forty four I I thirty five uh, westbound. Uh, nope, done over. Don't know what you're talking about. And so some people just have this innate ability, whereas to us, I think that we we portray the world to be so big around us and cities to be so big and anywhere we are is just so much bigger than us and what we're doing that we can't really fathom the complexity of it that our brains aren't able to lock in and remember that stuff and keep in tune with it. And that's how I kind of feel that it is. That's like once you realize that you're in an unfamiliar place that you just you're like my brain cannot lock into it and really figure out where I am. No, I mean, I've lived here my whole life and people could just like right now, just, okay, you're going to Overland Park. What highway do you get on? I don't know. Go to Lee Summit. What highway do you get? I don't know. Blue Spring. No, I don't know. Uh, let me pull it up on my phone. I'll GPS <laughs> it and I'll be able to get there. But I can't tell you anything. Like if somebody stopped me like they used to do uh, when I was a kid and I don't know why they ever did this, but like me and my friends are just playing catch in the middle of the street and then a car stops and pulls in front of my house and like, uh, I'm having trouble locating this place. I was wondering if you could give me directions. And I mean, it makes sense as a little kid. Like I don't know what's up or down. I have no idea. This is my house and I can walk to my friend's house and that's it. But if someone stopped me, I'm 35 years old now, almost 36. I'd say the same thing. This is my house. I know where Clint's house is. I can't get you anywhere else. I'm sorry. Like, it's yeah, we've had utterly ridiculous I, when you could drop my dad in the middle of Indonesia or Egypt. And I remember going on trips to Florida and California as kids and he didn't have a map or anything. He's just driving around. Like now that I think back on that, I'm like, how in the world would someone do that? I don't see how it ever happened. I, I think you look at, you know, movies and things from the eighties and nineties and people get lost and they look at a map and I was just like, how, how did that ever happen? I can't, I can't believe that it ever happened. Because to me, like it just that, that isn't how I, I don't know if I'm if that mean, I'm like not a visual learner. Maybe I'm more of an auditory learner. Maybe that's what yeah. that means. Like I can't just look at a map and like make sense of it. Like I don't no. again directions. I just it doesn't work for me. But tell me to turn here and I can I can do that. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, I uh, never understood how that was the case. Like how do people like get places on time? And like I remember watching the movie The Founder which is about uh, the McDonald's, you know, um, yeah. Ray Kroc. And like, he just drove from like Illinois to California. And like, how in the world did he do that? Just to have this map and drove and was looking for restaurants and did all this and found these guys in San Bernardino and it's McDonald's now. And wow, that's, that's most fortuitous for you because I could never have made it. I, it's bizarre, but thanks to GPS, you know, it's really made our lives different except for one small thing. Toll booths. Oh God. Toll booths to me are the bane of this world. Okay, you want to have a politician on here on this show and talk about what these are able to do and taxes, throw that out the window because they are so cumbersome and so random and so unbelievable that I can't believe they exist. No, I mean, I remember just driving through the middle of Kansas going to Topeka or Manhattan or wherever. I was going at that time and then just pulling up and it's like, wait, what's that? What do I have to have cash? I don't have cash. Like what? Well, like the first time was just in like, they're going to have to have me turn around. How do I do that on the highway? Like I was just freaking out. Like I was sweating. I was like, is this going to be just horrifying? Just, uh, you're, you have to know to bring cash. Like you've just got to pull over here and just, I don't even, I, I didn't know what I was thinking, like what's going to happen to me. Like, the police are going to have to drive me home or something like your car is being towed because you're an idiot. Like I don't just impound it or 
And sometimes like I'll go through and like, I guess I'll forget to pay at the next one or something and put my ticket in. And, and then I get something in the mail that's like, Oh, you've been fine. You didn't pay. And I'm just like, why do these exist? What is going on? What are these? Oh my God. I, I have so many stories and they all, you know, Kansas, Oklahoma, they have turnpikes. They have these things. The biggest one for me is driving to the East coast back in like, Oh eight. And there's four of us guys and we're driving to New York city or driving to Boston and everywhere on the East coast has them just everywhere, just Connecticut and Massachusetts, New York, Pennsylvania. And the whole joke was, okay, here comes another one. We got to divvy up per guy, 68 cents per guy. Like who has that? Never have cash. Even back then it's a madhouse. You go to Florida, a sun pass, you have to have a sun pass. Or if you rent a car, they'll just ding your rental car plate and, and just d- take it off of your debit card that you chose that you rented the car with. That's insanity. And the worst ones are Illinois, Chicago. Forget about it. You're driving through these lanes. You don't know if you're supposed to pull over or not. If you don't, again, it reads your license plate and sends you a nice $60 bill in the car, in the mail. That's what I got. $60 bill, uh, for, from going through this turnpike that I had no idea existed. It gives you like two seconds to get over. And I, I, I never know if there's cash and everything. One time it was only change. And I just, I just pulled through it. This is in Chicago. It's only change 68 cents, exact change only. It says, well, sorry. I drove through it and got a $60 bill in the mail a month later. I mean, this can't be real. It can't be. I remember why I got uh, one of the bills that I got from a toll booth is because it was, I think it was probably my first time going through one and just not knowing and being horrified and everything that I said. And I was like going to meet someone. I got the little ticket and I was like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not paying this. Like what? Like, and so I was like, I'm just going to circumvent this. I'm going to get off at the next exit and turn around and just cancel, not meet this person. It's over. I'm not paying this. I don't know how I'm going to have to pay if it's a cash or a card. I don't have cash. I'm not stopping to get cash. So I'm just canceling this. I'm going home. Forget it. This toll booth has won the day. I've lost. Congratulations, toll booth. I get off at the exit, not knowing that every exit, like, they don't allow you to circumvent. They've got it there and you got to pay there. And I'm just like, wait, I've been had, I still have to pay. Like I thought I could get around this can't. And they took a card and I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to go on now. Cause they've already caught me and I've had to pay. So like, then I went through the next one and they're like, Oh, you didn't pay here. Like you didn't put your ticket in here. And then I got a bill because I had already passed the ticket part and then paid at this exit, but then kept going. And, <laughs> Our, I, our, it's the most unbelievable experience and I don't, I still don't know why they really exist. You mentioned roads improvements and taxes and we got to be able to pay for things, but just no, I cannot have this in my life. And so I pretty much never Kansas or Oklahoma or Chicago, Illinois, anywhere that has a toll booth. I just avoid it. Just drive around Kansas city. I don't see any here. Great for me. It's one of those things, kind of like baseball, that if aliens ever invade this earth, I, I'm not going to be the yes. one to tell them that this exists. Like, I'm not going to be the, a person that tells an alien that they're sorry, there is this thing called baseball and they play 162 games and it never ends. And I'll, I'm not going to tell them that. And by the way, uh, at these turnpikes, you're going to have to have a pike pass ready or you're going to have to get your debit card out or you're going to have to have exact change and pay to drive on these roads. Not doing it. Not going to be me. And they have, real, I mean, really GPSs even have a setting on them now where it tells you to how to avoid tolls. Thank God. But sometimes they're unavoidable. Coming back from Colorado just last summer. Yep. 
drove into this little tip in Kansas and I'm looking at the ticket. Like I got a, I got the ticket at this spot and then knowing that I was gonna have to, you know, pay it eventually looking at it. And I was like, wait a second. It says for this exit that it's 4750. Like oh, there is no what? way. No, and it was 4750 just to continue driving and get home. $47.50 just it happened to be that particular exit, that particular entrance coming from where I was. 47.50, and I can't believe it. I can't believe the real. You'll never be able to convince me they're a good thing. To me, it's the you know, a satanic that they even exist. <laughs> that is a good uh, way of describing them. It is a satanic ritual that uh, the government has put on us. This that we have to go through and grab a ticket and pay. I, the, I my brain just explodes when I think about it. Just same thing with baseball. And uh, like you, I would not be willing to explain to an alien that. Because their brain would explode and they'd probably zap me with their ray gun because there's that cannot be. Like, we came here expecting amazing, great things, and you're telling me the most horrific thing I've ever heard, baseball and toll booze. So I will not be explaining that either. One thing I do have to go back and kind of mention about directions and something is my first girlfriend, like, I dropped her off at her house and she had to, like, help me there. Like, I had just moved to Liberty Missouri and didn't really know my way around. She had to like explain like, Oh, you get on this highway called 152 and that'll take me and I'll help you get off the exits. And then she told me how to get back on the highway to go home. And, uh, like I'm 21 years old. So this is pretty ridiculous that she has to tell me this, but she did. And I guess I missed the on ramp to the highway. Didn't get on. I was in clay Como and I'm just like, I felt like I was in Egypt. I'm like, there's no way I'm getting home from here. So I just retraced the route back to her house and had to horrifyingly knock back on her door. And she's like, what, what, what are you doing here? And I was like, I can't get home. I was in Clay Como, Miss Highway. I don't know what I'm doing. You might, I, and she's like, do you want me to follow you home? I was like, oh, maybe just one more try at these directions. Just a little more clear this time. I, and she was, I was like, well, I'm not going to have a girlfriend anymore. She did stick around for a couple more years, but uh, <laughs> surprising to me because uh, I figured that was the end of that. Like, I got to go back to her house. I, mean, I can't get home. I'm three years old. I'm lost in a mall. I need to find my mom. Like, <laughs> well, uh, we, um, we, I, I hope you've enjoyed our stories, and I hope to hear your guys' go to our Facebook page, Breaking Norms, and let us know uh, some of your driving tales. Or were you one of those people that just studied got your permit and then got your license the day you turned 16 and you haven't looked back since i'd like to hear from you guys too guys we always appreciate it we have some hilarious topics coming up in fact i would say no our next show is probably going to be finally the politics one because we have an election coming up and uh it is a really tough time for us when we are forced into talking politics it doesn't go well and we're going to be talking about that uh, on our politics episode which is coming up uh, on our next episode we can't wait to do it guys breaking norms again the facebook page is the best way to reach us at breaking norms podcast search it on facebook and you will get a hold of us hope you've enjoyed what we're doing hit that subscribe button on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher or spotify tell your friends about it say hey i know these two crazy guys they go through life in ways that you would not you would not believe and it's uh either really cool really hilarious or a combination of both guys we can't thank you enough either way for joining us whether you're making fun of us or think that uh, we've become your new um, heroes in this world. Either way, we appreciate you. Thank you for joining us here on Breaking Norms.